Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Under eight laps to go in stage two for Talladega Super Speedway. The sail's right on top of us. This could be for the race win. Huge block from the 23 car to the top. Oh, oh around goes the 37. Priest is around. Caution comes out. Bubba Wallace could get his first ever Cup Series win. Right like hell, baby, come on. The 23 is our winner and needs to report for their victory lane celebration. What emotions were going through your mind as you were waiting for an official announcement from NASCAR? You had so many cool fans behind us in the pit box just cheering for its rain, so it kind of amped up the intensity a little bit. But man, just so proud of, of uh, everybody at 2311. New team coming in, getting a win late in the season. Reminds me of uh, kind of 2013, waiting so long to get that first truck win. About my guys, about our team, about what we've done. Appreciate Michael Jordan, appreciate Denny for believing in me, giving me an opportunity. Like we talked, it's pretty fitting that it comes here at Talladega. I want to know what it means to you, the second African-American, first since Wendell Scott, to get to victory lane at this level. Yeah, I never uh, I never think about those things. And when you when you say it like that, it <laughs> it's obviously brings a lot of emotion, a lot of joy to my family, fans, uh, friends. It's pretty damn cool. So. Just proud to be a winner in the Cup Series. You told me last year here, a low point for you to get the first win here, significant? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, this is all those kids out there that want to have an opportunity and uh, whatever they want to achieve and be the best at what they want to do. And you're going to go through a lot of um, But you always got to stick true to your, your path and, and not let the, the nonsense get to you. And uh, stay strong, stay humble, stay hungry. Uh, there's plenty of times where I wanted to give up. You surround yourself with the right people. And, Bubba, there's a lot of people in this garage area and a lot of people around the world that are very proud of you right now. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. Welcome to NASCAR America. Motor Mouse, Steve Latart, Kyle Petty, Jeff Burton. That was the scene. I'm trying to get my day straight. Monday in Talladega. I know it's Wednesday. Yes. It feels like a Monday, but that was Monday in Talladega. And we got a lot to cover in today's show. First, a reminder, this is the Fan Call-In Show. You fans make the show 1-844-NASCAR-NBC-CALL-IN. We could talk Talladega. We could talk playoffs. We could talk Bubba. We could talk the Roval. So much on tap. We're going to talk Bubba's historic win. We're going to be joined by competition director Mike Wheeler. We're also going to talk some playoff issues. Our Hall of Famer Dale Jarrett's going to call in and yep. join us for that one. And we're going to talk the cut race at the Roval. So when we look back at Bubba's historic win at the Talladega, 
unbelievable. So many storylines, so many yeah. layers to this win. First time team, first time winner. But I think we have to start with the national headline, and that is Bubba Wallace becoming only the second African American driver to win in the Cup Series. The first since Wendell Scott in 1963. An historic win for the sport and for Bubba. Kyle. Yeah, you know, there are too many layers to discuss, and and that's that's the thing. You know, when when I think when we look at Bubba, it's just another race car driver. It's just another race car driver who got his first win, just like you did, just like I did. And the emotions of that first win are, are so overwhelming because that's what you dreamed about since you were four or five years old. That's what you dreamed about racing with Ward, was getting to the cup level and racing there. So, but for Bubba, there was that added layer of skin color. There was that added layer of being an outsider in a lot of ways, being an African-American, being a black kid that comes along and, and runs. So. I can't imagine what those emotions. We saw tears run down his cheeks. It is a huge day for the sport, huge day. And that's multiple layers too, because we talk new owners uh, and all this stuff. I mean, there's so many layers to that. So I, I just think for the sport at this day and time, in this sport, in this country, in this world, this is a, a, a big, big week for our sport. Yeah, this Bubba Wallace, you know, last year at Talladega, he didn't ask for any of that to happen. He yeah. got a lot put on him. And, you know, immediately that focus got way, way, way sharper. And he didn't ask for any of that. And that was a ton of pressure from a guy that was very open about not handling pressure very well. Yeah. You know, he was very open about that, having issues with focusing and, you know, prior to all that. And then to go to Talladega and win, right? And, and when you are trying to make it in this sport and you, nothing's guaranteed, you know, I, Bubba made a comment in the post-race where he said, hey, Michael had told me we were good for next year, but beyond that, right. and, and so he knew he had to win. Like, he knew he had to, well, not win, but have some success, yeah. right? And for it to happen at that racetrack, on that day, on a, he's been good on the plate races, that's yeah. really been his strength, to be able to execute on a day where everybody knew the rain was coming. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's the other thing, too. I, I, some people are trying to diminish his win because it happened in the rain. No. Forget that. Forget that, Forget dude. it, Forget man. that. I mean, everybody knew. They all started knew. at the same time. Correct. And everybody knew the rain was yeah. coming, and he did what he had to yeah. do to be in position. Yeah. So, yeah, he did a great job. He deserved a win. And, and I'm, I'm going to say something. You talk about him being good on, on restrictor plate or, or on, on plate racing, or I call it plate racing, so speedway racing. Four races ago was Daytona. He runs second. Yeah. Runs second to Blaney. So why was this such a big surprise? It wasn't a surprise because he runs well at the speedways. Yeah, I, I heard that argument about the range short. I said, man, I hope they don't do that. I'm going to lose four wins. <laughs> That's the guy have four range short. They, Listen, we all know, make no mistake about it, we all know how hard Sundays yeah. are. Oh, yeah. We talk about it. Yeah. You know, your all son's got time, to get man. to experience it next year. Yeah. Saturday to Sunday, it is a major step. Jeez. I thought his interview um, was the moment in time that it all really landed for me to see the emotion. Yeah. Of, of what it meant to win for many, many, many reasons. Uh, I'm a friend of Bubba Wallace's. I, I'm excited to yeah. see his success, as I do most all first-time winners, because I know the journey they've been on. But to see him kind of, that, that moment, right there, that moment, that is what every 
young driver right. who's trying to make a career in NASCAR is looking for. That moment where you hear or see the checkered flag and know you're a winner, the celebration was amazing. And there's so many more layers we're going to get into. Uh, we're going to talk about it's the first win for Bubba Walls, the first team win for 2311 Racing, the first win for Booty Barker on top of the pit box, not to mention his two team owners. One's a NASCAR driver and one is an NBA legend. So a lot of layers, but it's a fan show. So let's go to Colin NASCAR. You're first up, sir. Whoa. Uh, yeah, congratulations, Bubba, man. You earned it. You did get it. Now, I know we have the Drive for Diversity program in that, but what more do you feel as a sport we can do to get African Americans behind the wheel of a cup car to get more diverse? Yeah, we have them programs, but what more can we do? Because Bubba carries that burden, too, and that helps with the win. But what more can we do as a sport to get these guys, to get them into these cup cars? Well, I think it's a great question. Listen, I think Bubba said it the best when he, at one point in one of his interviews, he's done many, he said something about how anybody who has a dream to do something to follow it. This was his dream. Yeah. And I'm a big believer, and I hope that, that what Bubba was able to accomplishment, accomplish, you know, I don't think any of us can dream unless yeah. somebody kind of sets the example for us. Yeah. And I'm hoping his success proves to you know, men and women, boys and girls all across the country that they too can be a race car driver. I mean, that's really the answer in my mind is people yeah. need to believe they can do it because Bubba Walls proved it can be done. I had an interesting conversation with Ryan Vargas today and runs the Xfinity Series drive for JD Motorsports. And he told me that the drive for diversity program kept him moving. Yeah. Like he, his career was over and it kept him moving for a year. And then that kept him moving for another year. So that program does work does it work as effectively as it could yeah, yeah. I, I don't know i know this and i don't care i don't care it's just the times that we're in if you want to be a successful race car driver you got to find a way to be in some kind of race car at five years old yeah, six right, years right. old seven years old true so if we want to get more people involved in this sport we need to find a way to get more kids more families involved when the when those kids are young that because you i don't you can't come into this sport at 14 years old and race against people that have been racing since no. they were four years old, they're yeah. going to wear you out. So it all starts. It all starts at that group. We got to find a way to get this sport exposed to more people throughout this country where they, those kids can get involved the same way they do yeah. with baseball, basketball, basketball. football, yeah. the same way those sports are open to people. This sport needs to be open. I, to I more do want to say one thing about the sport is, is the, the fans and, and like Ness Carl just pointed out, as we see a Danica, as we see a Haley Deegan, as we see uh, a Kyle Larson, as we see an Eric Almarola that came through the diversity program and a Bubba Wallace, you're looking at drivers. You peel back the layers and look at the rosters of these teams, it's a diverse sport. It's an incredibly diverse sport. Through engineering, through yeah. crewmen, through pit crewmen, uh, through front office, it doesn't make any difference. It is already built a solid base for diversity. I think sometimes that so many people overlook our sport and say, they're not diverse. They got 40 white drivers out there. They can't be, a, it's not a diverse sport. But you get down into the layers of the sport, and it is. I, I do think, as Jeff said, we've got to figure out a way to start minorities at a younger age yeah. and, and bring them through the process. Yeah, I mean, it's a feeder system, right? Yes, that experience is. is so hard. to. Yep. It's If you're behind 10 years, when you yeah. get to be a teenager, you're already so far behind. Yeah. Caleb, yeah. you're on NASCAR American Motor Mouse. Uh, hey, just want to say congratulations to Bubba Wallace on his win at Talladega the other day. I wish I was down there. I would just shook his hand. I, told him he, I would have told him he was awesome. Um, my question is, do you think 2311 racing might get more wins like next year 
as we get into the next-gen cars. All right, so, Kayla, that's a great question. Let's move the conversation. We've talked a lot about the driver, but let's yeah. not forget, this is a brand-new race team. Yes. Danny Hamlin and Michael Jordan created 2311 Racing, um, and we are starting to see new ownership. So I think this brings a whole broad spectrum. To answer the question, let's specifically look at 2311 next year. They got the win, I think, bringing Kurt Busch in, going to a two-car organization. <laughs> yeah. They're doing all the right things. The next-gen car, I will be honest, I have no, no idea. idea. I've seen it. We're going to see it on track Monday, Tuesday at the Roval. Your thoughts about 2311's accomplishments and looking forward? Well, number one, it's very hard to win in this series. It's really hard. Yeah. And for a new race team to come in, I know they have Joe Gibbs support. I know it's not like they built everything from the ground yeah. up, but you still have to put it all together, and it's very hard. I, if Joe Gibbs just started a fourth team, a fifth team inside of his own shop, it would be hard for that team to be as successful as the other teams. So, Listen, they built a foundation. I think they were smart. I think Denny, from the from the beginning of this thing, kept saying, hey, we're not going to win this year, right? Everybody else, Michael and Bubba, we're going to win a bunch. And Denny's like, no, let's just, <laughs> let's just improve throughout the year. And I think that was the right approach. Listen, I, I, I think 2311 is going in the right direction. I think hiring uh, Kurt Busch is a huge yes, step in that. Yes, it is. And, I mean, I hate to say this, but listen, it's sports. I've been in, I've done it. I sat there and I listened to the president of the state batteries at the banquet say to Bobby Labonte, okay, what are you going to do now after you just won a championship? It is a what have you yeah. done lately yeah. for me? Yeah. It is that. What yeah. have you done for me lately? So we know that Kurt Busch is going to put a ton of pressure on Bubba Wallace. Yeah. Kurt Busch is going to put pressure on anybody. Yeah. On anybody. So getting this win for Bubba takes a little bit of pressure yeah. off of that, right? Because it is next year he's going to have to step his game up. Kurt's going to make him step his game up. Kurt, that's, that's not anything bad about Bubba. No. Kurt would make almost anybody, anybody. step their game yeah, up. You put Kurt in and, any organization. And yeah. Michael Jordan and Denny are yeah. smart to bring in more talent. That's what you want. You want your teammates to push you. Yeah. So they're heading in the right direction. It's a, it's a tall climb. It's going to be difficult as it is for everybody, but I think they're doing the right thing. I think if you made a list of things to do for a new team to improve and move forward, They've checked every box so far. Yeah, I agree with and, that. And that, that, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Whether it comes to fruition or not, I don't know. But they, I think they've checked every box on moving forward. Give well, Denny a lot of credit. Yes. Yeah, sure. well, you listen, sure. well, you were talking about credit. I think we need to give this next guest a lot of credit. Mike Wheeler, competition director at 2311. He wore many hats. It was crew chief. I'm trying to get all your titles down, Mike. First of all, congratulations, man. You and I had conversations way back in December when you were moving shops. Uh, I guess I'm going to point blank ask you, could you ever imagine year one? You know how tough this sport is, finding victory lane. You know, I'll say this, that can I imagine? Yes. You know, you work hard enough and you plan well enough that you think you can do it every week. Um, you know, obviously living through the hardship of what cup racing is, it's not easy. And so um, getting, your, getting your butt handed to you a lot of times makes you uh, humbled. Um, but again, you know, you prepared every week, you worked your butt off to, to basically try to give your chance to win. Um, so the fact that we actually got to win a race this year, um, it's not overly surprising. I'm just really proud of everyone's effort and actually able to do that. So competition director, you have the job of laying <laughs> out the future, of laying out 2022, of laying out 2023. Um, when you guys signed Kurt Busch, how big a how big of a boost was that? Do you think to moving the organization forward next year? Yeah, a lot of that was basically you know obviously Bubba was still growing as a driver. He's on the younger side of it, you know, just getting to the point of his good parts of his career, um, and having a veteran like Kurt join our force 
um, to have two cars in house, you know, validates what we're trying to do and, and, and give us become a front running team. Um, you know, as much as we have an alliance and a service agreement with JGR, uh, it's still not the aspect of having your own teammate to rely on every day. Um, and obviously having, you know, double the amount of people working on cars, um, working on setups, trying to go faster, um, and obviously supporting each other when things go bad. Um, you know, it's a never ending process. So having Kurt come on, uh, being the experienced veteran that he is, you know, able to win a lot of tracks, um, run up front every week. Um, it just helps us grow as an organization. So, Wheels, first of all, congratulations, man. I know that's so much work you've put into this, and I and, uh, hope you take a lot of pride in what you've done. A lot of fans uh, I've heard are asking, okay, what does this mean for the rest of the year? Like, does this free Bubba up? Does this let him, you know, take a little pressure off of him? What do you expect for the rest of the year? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I, I was hoping for months now that we'd have brief, brief moments of, of greatness where um, he could staircase his way up towards the top. Um, we had a lot of good moments, but we couldn't back him up. And it's not because we weren't good enough or he's not good enough. It's just, it just wasn't in our cards. Um, and a lot of stuff kind of went un unforeseen. But I, I think this is, I don't say the monkey off his back, but just the reality that he can do it. You know, you, you, you put the work in before the weekend, during the weekend, during the race and afterwards um, and keep growing and things can align your way. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, a lot of guys think they need a faster car. Uh, but it takes everything you got to win cup races. Um, you have to execute all day long and you have to put yourself in position. Um, you may not have the fastest car every week. Um, usually the, the guy that wins the race most of the time doesn't have the fastest car or pit crew. It's just the guys that have the least mistakes and get the job done. Um, so I think that this has those moments of showing him you can do it and showing the team you can do it. Um, and then we'll keep going from here. Yeah, it's easy to say, but I'll never forget when I was able to win my first race as a crew chief, it felt like I got entered into a club I didn't even know existed. Yeah. Like, I wasn't even trying <laughs> yeah, to earn my yeah, way in. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I was like, man, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm going to make this as yeah. a career. So it's funny you say that. There is something. Well, Wheels, this is a call-in show, so we have a fan on the line here. Marvin, you're on with Mike Wheeler. How you doing, Mike? Uh, good. good. Good this week, for sure. I just want to say, uh, on behalf of me and my father, congratulations on Bubba Wallace getting his first win in NASCAR. Uh, I know how big of a deal it was. But I want to get it from your perspective, Mike. What was it like, uh, from your perspective, seeing uh, Bubba Wallace uh, accomplish getting his first win at one of his favorite tracks and uh, getting it done with so much panache and uh, style? Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, finally getting Bubba to victory lane is a big deal for not just our team and himself, but the support. Um, it was neat in the way that we did it. You know, we weren't, we didn't lead the most laps. Um, we didn't have control of the race the whole time, but he put himself in the right spot at the right time. Um, and obviously, I was actually just as proud as him when during the rain delay, he wasn't uh, unfocused for what might come. Um, we all knew there was a chance of it drying up and getting back to racing in a half hour, hour and a half, whatever it was. And you could just tell he was in the right mindset to really get back to racing when he needed to. Um, fortunately, I don't say the rain gods played in our favor, but um, it, for me, it was neat to see, you know, the, the ups and downs we had this year was hard to go through. Uh, any kind of sport like this, um, you get beat more than you win. So, you know, having him go through the high expectations at the beginning of the year of trying to win a lot of races and make the playoffs, um, and falling short of that goal, it was hard to live through, but just part of sports. So 
you know, being able to give, give, give him a victory, um, have that raw celebration was uh, definitely, you know, really a joy. Hey, I, I want to ask one more question about Bubba. Um, and, and you worked with Bubba when he came in to this organization at the very beginning of the year. What have you seen uh, working with him on a week or day-to-day basis, week-to-week basis? What has he improved upon this year from the beginning of the year to where he's at right now? More than any one thing that you could say. You can just say, this is, this is where he's improved the most. Uh, you know, it's not just one thing. I mean, I, I would tell you one thing that was probably a, a, a shortcoming that was not a positive coming in was expectations. Um, and I, I'd say, you know, he's, he's learned to manage expectations and then set the goals at the right height. You know, early on, he wanted to win Martinsville. That was one of those things. He's like, I can go out to Martinsville and race, you know, uh, in the top 10 races and go win that race. And I knew in my heart, looking at his stats, that going to beat Denny and Kyle and Truex and Chase, like, I'm like, it's not that easy. You know, can we go out there and run top 10 and run run top five and have speed? Yeah. Um, And we put ourselves in position that Phoenix and these tracks, but I just knew if if you thought you were going to win, you're going to end up being brokenhearted. Um, and went through those pains, you know, and that's where you had the up and down of, of expectations and, and the reality. Um, and I think, you know, in the mid season, he realized a lot of what he had to do was just be better than what he was. You know, what, if he can be five spots better than the previous week um, or the year before, that was a solid gain because we're racing the best of the best. And for him to actually grow that way and, and make us start clicking that it wasn't about necessarily winning this week. But if he ran 15th early, can we go run 12th or go run 8th or go improve on short run speed or long run speed? And he started to really work on that. And I think it's where we started the season really good gains. Well, you said it. You're racing the best of the best. And on Monday in Talladega, you were the best of the best. Congratulations, Congratulations. Mike Wheeler, 2311 Racing, a first-team organization going to victory lane. I put a lot of the decisions and leadership you've been a part of all year long as credit to that, man. So congratulations. Happy for the success. Thank you, guys. Mike Wheeler came Thank in, you, director man. of competition, was crew chief, and really just kind of stepped away to help grow that organization. Done a great job. Well, Bubba Wallace special tomorrow, October 7th on NBCSN. KP, Racing Roots, Racing that's you Roots. at 4.30. Then we have a 2019 Dale Jr. download with Bubba Wallace where he really has some great in-depth conversations with Dale Jr. about his struggles with mental health. It's a great show. you got to tune in. And then at 6, a little cut-down one-hour re-air of that exciting race from Talladega. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the one race in the playoffs 
that has everyone on edge. You're always nervous coming to Talladega. This is a racetrack where anything can happen. You can be riding along, minding your own business, and a car land on top of you in your day. Have a good race here today. Gonna get through it. No mistakes. Simple day. We'll get every point we can get. Joe Logano, he comes in this race six points above that cut line in the playoffs, and he admitted coming in here that makes him stress. There's a lot of what ifs on top of all the other what ifs that Talladega typically brings. We'll just have to uh, get out there. I think you know, getting stage points, trying to do that will be important, and then just kind of see where we're at. See. What with the other playoff contenders are at. Ready and green. He's got room by one in front. Brad creating a hole to the bottom here. You're clear down, but push to the line. You're good down right now to Brad. Now we see the 24 of William Byron. He's up on that high line. Interesting to see if this top lane with William Byron can work. You're up if you need it. There you go. Inside. Side. Kevin Harvick in that four car, he is the someone that needs stage points. Came here below the cut line. He's going to try to get track position and never get it up. Big run here. Logano to the four of Kevin Harvick. Harvick now leading at Talladega. We're always just one week at a time type of people. We've done a, a good job as, as a group in getting the most out of the year and finishing races. Uh, you know, we I, I think we've done a, a good job at that, and that's what's that's really what's kept us in the hunt. Christopher Bell, he's 25 below the cut line, 12th and last among playoff drivers. He said, we're going to be in it for stage points all day. So what's he doing currently 20th? Well, he's doing that. He's trying to find his way back to the front after starting 12th. He needs to move that 20 car forward and finish this stage in the points. My steps are too high. Get Bell if he needs to, or get some air. We'll see if we can cool it down here a minute. Whatever he needs to do, we are fine to drop all the way to the back. All good. We're not paying any points. Who needs stage points? This guy, the guy in the lead, Brad Keselowski. He came in on the bubble, eighth out of eight, and they need every point they can get today. The two has found his way to the front, and he's gonna try to stay there. Oh, right 77. Justin Allgaier spins, collects the five. So Larson also in it. How much damage did he get? Kyle Larson thought he was comfortable going into the final race this stage. Where are we to the cut line if it ends like this? I don't know, man. I'm pulled 12 above, but I, I really don't know. This is going to go all the way to the end of stage one, so it will end under caution. Harvick gains three spots, comes off pit road in the lead. We kept feeling out this valve stuff sitting on uh, pit road here. We don't know if it was ours, but just check it out. Turn around all your tires are up. Yeah, I got a flat. Bring it to him. The flag man will show them the green. Logano first into the gas. Denny Hamlin, they both separate from the cars behind him, but here comes that two of Keselowski. He'll get on the back bumper of Logano and start to push that inside line. Oh, up in the wall. Alex Bowman into the wall. Big hit for Alex Bowman. That'll put him in a huge hole. You okay, bud? Done. Well, boy. Go get him at the roll up. We'll just poke it forward, man. Dumped over on the left rear and turned us around real bad. So, bummer for the Ally 48 team. Uh, obviously, had a fast car. We we're leading there, and that's just super sweet. We're racing the box that we're put in by these racetracks. Bummed to have a torn up race car, but uh, move on. Go try to win the Roval. Comes a big push for Logano. Oh, oh Priest is around. He catches the 24. He was just coming down the track, and I was kind of trying to run a third lane and just part of Talladega. So, Go to the Roval and, and uh, try to win that one and, and advance it that way. Well, it's starting to get sprinkles raining pretty hard back behind us. This could be the race. Hell of a job right there, bud. Now the field. They will be brought down onto pit road now and stopped. And we will see how long the rain is going to be here. Yeah, good work there. Get your man. 
move on to the track. The points are going to be tight. We have a couple of drivers, Byron and Bowman. They're going to be looking for a win, and of all places, heading to the Roval. Things very tight for quite a few drivers trying to advance to the round of eight. Man, I hope you all kept notes because it was only half the distance, but a lot of action. Denny Hamlin has advanced with the win from really Kyle Larson on down, though. Nobody can feel good heading to the Roval. 22 points between ninth and second. If I'm Kevin Harvick, I don't like being minus nine, but I love the fact that I'm minus nine to multiple guys. Maybe I have a chance yeah. of one of them having an issue. So I don't know how to consume what happened and what's going to happen other than let's break it down by organization. Let's start Team Penske. Team Penske goes to Talladega, finished second, third, 13th. Puts all three cars currently above the cut line. Do we consider that a success? And what's your thoughts heading to the Roval for Team Penske? Okay, here's what I'm going to say. Okay. I'm, you got me Team now. I'm Penske, focused. Team Penske is the only, with, with Brad and with Joey, are the only two drivers to gain points at Talladega. Okay? <laughs> Cumulatively, they gained 31 points together. Right. Everyone else lost a total of 178 points at Talladega. If you add if you add all the red numbers up compared to the green numbers. Oof. So you have to say, huge win for Penske. Huge win for their chase or, or playoff hopes, and a huge win for the organization to move those two into a pretty safe zone. I think we've had a lot of conversations about their pace at 750, yep. 550, storyline, da 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 da. But I thought this round had the chaos in there, and I thought it was something we all talked, Team Penske could capitalize. Jeff, I thought they did, and it was not a fluke. They worked very well together on Monday in Talladega. Oh, yeah. They, they did everything in their power to work together. They were really smart in how they did it. Blaney got kind of in the wrong lane at the end of the race yeah. and didn't yep. get the finish that, that he, you know, he ran better than he finished. Yes. You know, he did lose nine points, you know, from what he had going into this race, but he just got in the wrong yeah. line at the wrong yeah. time and didn't get the finish. But, but all in all, if you're Mr. Penske, you're like, okay, that yeah. was a good day. Yeah. We didn't wreck anything. We, for the most part, gained points. And if I'm, if I'm Joey and Brad, I feel pretty good going to the Robo. And I, by the way, I think, you know, they needed it, right? Yeah, they I, needed like, it. There's a lot of really good drivers that are behind them in points yeah. going to the Robo. I will say, I have a little concern just because the two at Watkins Glen was one of the worst races of theirs of the year. Yeah. Don't know what happened. Hopefully they've solved it. Of it his was career. A, I mean, it was so That's bad. Not, it was so bad. I, I hope he's not watching. It was just no, bad. No, no, so, that was bad. Hey, so real quick on Penske, like, who's the team that's had the most brake trouble in the garage this year? Yeah. Yeah. And where are we going this week? Oh, yeah. They cannot have brake problems this week. At, at the Jeff road. Burton fired. No pep talk from Jeff Burton for Team Penske, <laughs> although very factual. <laughs> very factual. All right, let's jump. Uh, let's just go to the big organizations. Let's top Team Hendrick. A lot of Hendrick conversation heading into the playoffs. We have Kyle Larson with the most playoff points, yet he's only 22 above. I look down at my magic sheet here. Then you have uh, Chase Elliott right on the cut line at plus eight with two Hendrick Motorsports yeah. drivers needing a win. So we know for a fact we're losing at least one Hendrick team into the next round. Could be two. Could somehow be three. What's our thought of, of Team Hendrick? So, listen, I think if you're, if you're William Byron, somehow or another you just have to pick yourself up and say, you know yeah. what, we really haven't done anything wrong. We've had a good good playoffs. It just things just haven't worked out. I mean I feel I feel bad for William Byron. Yeah, because yeah, he's had good speed. Too. And it just things haven't worked out yeah. for him. Uh, I, I always think for if you're William and Alex at this point, I feel like they gotta win. And I think you use this playoffs as a learning 
experience going into the next year. You know, it's it's a down payment on a future championship. That's how you have to look at it. Yeah, yeah I love William Byron's assertiveness at Bristol, and you mentioned he's had more flat tires. Really, him. Remember, yeah. we can go back to Vegas. Both the 48 and the 24 had a flat tire. Forget strategy. They already lost points there. Let's talk about Chase Elliott. I know he's going to a road course. Yeah. He's considered the favorite by the odds makers, but at only plus eight, I believe the champ can pull it off. I believe the yeah. defending champ has been in bigger spots. I think he's going to go there, him and Allen. Now, there's no room for an issue, but barring something crazy, I think Chase Elliott has a great chance of it. Okay, advancing. so here's it, this. If he goes to the Roval and does what we've seen him do before on road courses and at the Roval, then I think that's a huge statement to the rest of the field. Yeah. That's a, that's a huge statement. If he goes to the Roval and doesn't do that, I think the rest of the field, there's blood in the water. And they're, they're going for the jugular on this thing. And so, I mean, I, I look at it and I expected them to be a little bit better, but their year hasn't been the same thing. If, if they could get hit, run over something, run into something. Yeah. Listen, if I'm a Hendrick car, I'm reinforcing the roof because something's going to fall out of the sky and hit me <laughs> at, at Charlotte. I, I'm telling you, that's the only place that hadn't come from yet. Right, that's right. the only place. Because to all four of their cars, they have just had rotten racing luck in a lot of cases. What I will tell you is if you're any of these other playoff drivers and you have a chance to eliminate them, you better. Get rid of them. Because you go into that next round yeah. with Kansas, Texas, and Martinsville, yeah. I don't want any yeah, Hendrick drivers left because yeah, I no. expect those guys to bar the door on the yeah. way out. So there's really one less. I mean, he's, he's, he was the favorite heading into the playoffs. I don't care. We don't have to talk yeah. favorites. Let's just talk advancing. Kyle Larson, if he can advance out of this round, does he kind of, whew, Wipe his brow, look forward, and say, you know what? All we had to do was advance. We did it. We reset to the lead. He's going to have the most playoff points regardless of who yeah. wins and say, I'm still attacking this championship. Yeah. I don't know, man. He's just another playoff car right now. You know, you know <laughs> yeah, I mean, you feel like he lost he, some of the He lost. Yeah. Look, yeah. You, you lose that. Listen. Even as like, good as he was at Vegas. It's like, let me just say, it's like Tyson. Once Tyson got beat and people said, I can beat him. You know what yeah. I mean? He lost 30-some points, dude. That these guys are looking at him now thinking, okay, he's back here with me. He's only 22 points to the good. I'm 21 points to the good. I can beat this guy. So I, I think that I think it re-energizes the rest of the field a little bit to go after him. I mean, I will say a 10th in Vegas isn't awful, but we saw what happened to him at Talladega. Yeah. If that didn't scare everybody what could happen at Talladega, it, it shook yeah. me a little bit. Oh, so yeah. what about Harvick? Well, yeah. So look, I'm going to say this about Kevin Harvick. I feel confident if I'm a team above him that I can outrun the car Kevin Harvick yeah. sitting in because I have most of the yeah. year. But I am scared of that, you did the piece on him, of that young wrestler from the West Coast because I don't know if there's a more mentally tough competitor. Yeah. There's probably perhaps some equal, but no one I would say is more mentally tough than Kevin Harvick. So I am not sure I want to go blow for blow around the infield of the Roval no. in second gear, beating and banging doors and fenders because I think he, he has blue collared his yeah. way. The, the fastest car sure. in 2020 has blue collared his way through the yeah. playoffs in 2021. But but I but I, I look at it this way th this time. This is where his history haunts him. Okay, the first 26 races are killing him right now. Are killing him. No He's playoff had, points. You no mean. playoff points. Yeah, I He's see had that. two top 10 finishes and can't blue collar his way into the top eight. Yeah. Okay, and that's the problem that I have with Kevin Harvick right now. He's doing everything he can. Rodney Childress is doing everything they can. They're all but carrying that car, you know, and saying, here, I'll take a fourth, I'll take a third, I'll take a sixth, I'll take a seventh. And you know what? That's not doing him any good. And it's not going to do him any good at the Roval either. I don't believe against the sharp end of the stick where they're racing. The only thing I'll say is, 
if you said, hey, you could be tied with one car, yeah, or you can be nine points behind that, a whole bunch yeah. of cars, I would rather have the whole bunch. Yeah. Not because I feel I can go beat a whole bunch, <laughs> but the odds of somebody that's else somebody driving else. off, that's what's that, hard turn point. with Great a pile off in, maybe <laughs> someone else Great will point. give, gift, yeah. Kevin Harvick the slot by making it would a mistake be a themselves. Well, they're, they're going to have to run better on the road courses than they run all year. Yeah. Yeah. Like, now, they have stepped their game up in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, they for have sure. been better in the playoffs sure. than they were. They're going to have to be better. The, the big concern I have for them is look who they got to go through. Yeah. Think about the road course ability of Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, Martin Truex Jr. Those are the guys directly in front of them. So that's who they got to go through. They got to go through those drivers that have a tremendous amount of success on road courses. They're going to have to have a perfect day and some help from somebody else. Well, I will say Kevin Harvick has started the playoffs with a top 10 in every race. Yeah. Longest streak of the entire season. So he has stepped it up when it mattered most. You mentioned the guys in front of him are great road course racers. Maybe they'll lose their mind and wreck each other. Or maybe for Kevin Harvick, (laughs) you say, Brad, whatever you had going on at the Glen, I hope that happens again. Because I outran him at the Glen. Well, listen, we talked a lot of playoff guys. We have yet to talk of Joe Gibbs Racing. We're going to talk about them. And I think our old buddy Dale Jarrett may join us in the show. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Talladega, Cinderella stories, first-time winners. Yeah, I mean, y'all could ask, like, my neighbors back at Coastal Carolina that uh, I did plenty of burnouts uh, to practice for this moment. <laughs> um, oh, my God, this is a dream come true. Wow, Talladega, a winner in the NASCAR. Oh, my God, Dad, we did it. Let's go. Everything we've hoped and dreamed for, this is uh, everything I've ever wanted to do is take the trophy home to Mom and Dad. And- you look at the whole day and all and all the scenarios that happened and I think it's probably the best option without us winning to have the 68 win. I think it's good for him and um, you know also I think that you know obviously doesn't doesn't affect the points too too bad for us and um, a lot of positives but man I, I, we're close we're close and uh, it's tough to tough to swallow it is. Austin Sindrick lived the bad news which is he didn't win he's heard the good news which is he advanced to the next round with that finish how do you feel? Yeah that was the goal coming into today uh, I honestly think I had probably the best speedway car I've ever had today which is unfortunate I felt like I made some good moves today with it I felt like I made some um, not so good moves with it today but, um, but yeah Get to get a free one at, at the Roval, try and get some more playoff points, and um, keep our mind on Phoenix. We did uh, we did what we needed to do. We come out of here with a good points gap. We uh, we didn't lock our way into the next round, but we can go to the Roval next week and have some fun and hopefully go for it. Yeah, I mean, we'll take a fourth-place finish and 
feel thankful for it as we head to the Roval, but I don't know. I'd like to have another crack at it, but it's not the case. Seventh place for Jeb Burton. You're just below the cut line heading to the Roval. Can you see the round of eight? I can. I feel like uh, our road course stuff is really good. We're one stage away from uh, being in there, and uh, I haven't ever raced at the Roval before. It is what it is, but I think uh, I think we can go in there and have a good day. Alex Bowman into the wall. Bummer for the Ally 48 team. Uh, obviously had a fast car. We we're leading there, and um, that's just super speedway racing, the box that we're put in by these racetracks. So, you know, we were pretty buried anyway, and everybody's going to run pretty good. So it was a must-run really well situation anyway. So it doesn't really change much. We go every week to win, so move on, go try to win the Roval. Coming down the track, and I was kind of trying to run a third lane and uh, just part of Talladega. So go to the Roval and, and uh, try to win that one and, and advance to that one. How do you tackle next week? How do you go into that mentally? Uh, just like we did at Bristol, I think, try to do the best we can. We, we tried to win last week, and it didn't work out, and tried to win today, it didn't work out. But, um, but yeah, we'll do approach it like we do every week. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, I think it gives a ton of points either way, whether it's third or we're second. It's a lot of points uh, in the next week. I don't know where that puts us over the cut line, but that would be mission accomplished for what we were trying to do today. Good little review of both the Saturday Xfinity Series race and the Sunday Cup race when it comes down to the playoff drivers. Now being joined by our old buddy, the Hall of Famer, Dale Jarrett. <laughs> DJ, a lot of action at Talladega. Bubba Wallace went to victory lane. Before we get into some of these playoff drivers, I'd love to give your thoughts just on Bubba's victory and the race we saw on Monday. Yeah, and, and before I get to, to those, how about Friday and Saturday and everything that took place there over the weekend? I think it, it probably takes all of us to think about the ups and downs that we all experienced at Talladega throughout our careers. Uh, but to see these drivers all get their first uh, victories in their respective series, that was just incredible. But, you know, what happened on Monday for Bubba Wallace, uh, amazing. I, I don't know that there's another word that I can come up with. I'm glad that I got to see this and, and witness this and um, what Bubba Wallace is doing and what he means to the sport. Uh, this race team with Michael Jordan involved and, and Denny Hamlin, of course, as part owner there. Uh, just incredible to think that they put together a, a team and, and taken this driver and uh, got him into victory lane. And the, the job that he did there in those last 10 or 12 laps when everybody kind of thought it was, we're getting to lap 188, if you will, uh, which would have been uh, the normal end of the race and see the moves that he made and, and everything that he needed to do. So uh, a historic day, uh, but just happy for Bubba. He's put a lot into his career and gone through a lot of things that a lot of us never had to experience. And now he's able to experience some things that, that Jeff, you and Colin, myself have all experienced, and that's being a cup winner. So uh, just tremendous day. Well, I couldn't echo your comments more. I do want to take a focus. So we've talked a lot about organizations in the playoffs. The one we haven't talked about is an organization you know very, very well, longtime driver for Joe Gibbs Racing. I want to talk about Denny Hamlin. I know he's at the top of the board. He owns the 2311 car. But what I saw on Monday was a different Denny Hamlin. It looked to me that he was very clear to have an effort to help Christopher Bell. That was not the same aggressive Denny Hamlin um, I wonder if some ownership, the position of the point. I don't know what changed his mentality, but in my mind, it was Denny Hamlin helping the 20 at all costs. Yeah, you know, it, it, I, I won't say I was surprised with it. It, it just, uh, I wasn't expecting that to, to, to be the case. Uh, but, you know, Denny Hamlin is a good teammate. I know he's talked to the young drivers there uh, about the way that he goes about driving a car and helping them along the way. And, and this seemed to go even beyond trying to help them 
uh, of one of the young drivers there in, in that way to, to get through. And so uh, it was very impressive. Uh, Denny is doing things, I think, in 2021 uh, by starting this race team, uh, by going through the, the first part of the, the year with the regular season and not getting a win but having himself really prepared to race, that he's in a different place, especially in his mind, than we've ever seen Denny Hamlin before. And uh, I think that that bodes well for him in trying to win this first championship. But it was quite obvious as to what he was trying to do there on Monday afternoon. So, Kyle, I'll go to you. Was it success? My point is Christopher Bell finished fifth, and now at minus 27, that's a long ways, but it's not yeah. a must-win. He kept Christopher Bell kind of out of that must-win category if somebody else has an issue. Yeah. Uh, what's your thoughts on Joe Gibbs, I guess, as a whole, with Chris Robel being their lowest in the playoff standings? Well, listen, we're back to what I said with, about Kevin a minute ago. What Christopher Bell's history so far in the playoffs is why he's that, not what, what they did. I, I think Dale said it great. What Denny Hamlin did was help the team. Denny was a team player that this week. He's not going to be that way. Let's get past the robo and Denny's not a team player anymore, okay? He's not going to help anybody. But, but I, I think he, he was put in that position. But I look at the other two drivers that are in the Gibbs organization, and, and I'm looking at those two guys and saying, what are they going to do? What, what are these two guys going to do? I've yet to see. You know, we heard from Truex when we got to Watkins Glen. Now our, now our, yeah, our right. playoffs start. Well, when did they start? Because I hadn't seen them start yet. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Kyle Busch continues to, I don't even know why we're going to the racetrack. You know what I mean? If we're not going to run any better than this, but they are running better. Yeah, so DJ, I'm curious, like, you know, Kyle Busch, nine points. He's only nine points on the good side of the cut line. You know, I'm curious what you think about his chances going to get into the next round of the playoffs. You know, Jeff, I think that in normal circumstances, I would say you're at a road course. Kyle Busch is really good. Um, but Thanks to our guys at Racing Insights, they, I was reading their stuff today, and you know, he has never finished better than 30th at the Roval. And uh, he's got two DNFs there. Um, so this doesn't set up well if you're looking at that. And you know, these numbers and stats are only for information purposes because it has nothing to do with 2021, but it obviously shows that it's been a difficult place for Kyle Busch. So I, I think that the opportunity, if you're Kevin Harvick sitting there, that there's an opportunity uh, to be had uh, because of, of those things. And, and as a driver, that you try to put as much of the negative stuff that, that's happened to you before out of your mind, but you really, in the back of your mind, you can't put that totally away. So does he drive this and go about this differently? And, and we could see a different Kyle Busch show up on Sunday in trying to just survive this race and hope that that's going to be enough. Um, you know, there's we've got six past champions or, or, or cup champions of the nine drivers of these first nine in the playoffs. And, and probably there's a good chance that one of those, we're going to have a cup champion on the outside looking in when we get to the round of eight. So, so, the, so the concern I've got with what DJ just said is, can Kyle Busch be Kyle Busch when he's trying to be somebody else? Yeah. You know, and so, you know, I, it's hard to change gears. A guy like Kyle Busch, he goes, goes, goes. And I, I also think he's a really smart race car driver. But, you know, he's an aggressive guy. Go to the front. Do those. Do what he needs to do. You know, can he throttle it back and do what he needs to do and adjust during the day, yeah. right? Adjust your strategy during the day. That's a different mindset for Kyle Busch going into this race. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't ever see Kyle Busch with the reins pulled back being more successful. Yeah. 
So I think I would just have a serious <laughs> conversation that he understands the goal and a DNF's not going to work. But I think Kyle Busch yeah. going to race for but, a win creatively and relatively smartly is the best goal for Kyle Busch because I'm not sure yeah. saying, hey, man, I need you to do something has ever worked well for but, Kyle but, Busch. But even, at, but even at that, even at that, let's, let's go to you. So Kyle Busch is running, and, and, and we've all, I'll say we've all, I've been in this position, where you're having a decent run with six or seven laps to go, oh, yeah, and you get right. spun. Yeah, right. And there's 36 cars in the lead lap. You, you know what I mean? And, and so how do, you, how do you as a driver, I mean, how do you as a team, how do you, you know, we're talking about Kyle Busch adjusting. How do you adjust? Well, so let's go global. While we have DJ on here, let's have one. Let's not talk teams. Let's talk Roval. I'm going to start with you, yeah. DJ. We've seen everything. We've seen rain. We've seen last lap wrecks with Jimmy Johnson. We've seen Kyle Larson video game it off the front stretch wall to tie in points. I'm putting you on the spot. What are we going to see Sunday? What kind of race is the Roval going to deliver? Uh, much the same. I, I, I really believe we're going to see something that's going to make us shake our head at the end of the day. And when we get to the post-race show, we're going to say, what the hell just happened? Uh, and, <laughs> you know, it just, it, there's nothing telling me that we won't see that. The, the field is more competitive. And when you throw in these 12 drivers that are still in the playoffs and looking to try to find their way into that round of eight, and then you throw in a mix of uh, a Chase Briscoe, um, uh, Ross Chastain, who has run really good on, on these uh, road courses all year long. People that are trying to go get a win that may be their first win, they're willing to take any chance. And, and they're going to be respectful to a point. But if it comes down to them trying to win, um, you know, they're going to mix it up. And so you throw in all of those uh, factors and just the pressure that is coming with this. Yeah. For the last two weeks, every time I've thought about Talladega and the Roval finishing off this round, my hands start sweating, and I don't even have any skin in this game, you know. <laughs> but it's just the competitor in me that that just – I shake my head and say, what can possibly happen? And that's what we'll do on Sunday, I believe. All right, you're not off yeah. the hook. We're going to come to you, but let's go to the phones first. Justin, you're on NASCAR American Motor Mouse. Uh, hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, I'll uh, – I want to ask you about, I'm a Kevin Hart fan, and, uh, you know, I'm really concerned about him going into the role this weekend. And uh, I just want to get your thoughts on what you think his chances are of being able to advance to the next round. And uh, another question I had is, uh, is there anything NASCAR can do about, you know, Talladega doesn't have lights at the track, but uh, <clears throat> is there anything they can do to mandate these, these tracks have lights? Or, you know, if they can't do that, can they move the track out of the playoffs? Because I just feel like there's too much at stake for these playoff drivers. You know, the championship at stake. And it, a rain-shortened race shouldn't affect the championship because the track doesn't have lights. All right, I'm going to give you the Kevin Harvick one, DJ. Can Kevin Harvick move out of the round of 12 and into the round of 8 at the Roval? Okay, so far, the, the road courses this year, and I think Jeff Burton just pointed this out uh, right before I came on, that, that this hasn't been Kevin Harvick's strong suit this year, but neither some of these other tracks. Uh, I believe that he can. My, my short answer is Kevin Harvick is such a great competitor that he's going to do whatever he needs to do and put himself in that position, regardless of what the results have been so far this year. So look for him to be battling there, and it might come down to one or two points at the end, yes. All right, man. We well, appreciate you calling Thanks, in. Excited to see you this weekend at the Roval. Uh, pre and post, you're going to be around. It's going to be a good time, buddy.
Yeah, looking forward to it. This is, uh, you know, this is what we live for, you know, uh, and being able to see moments and things like this happen. Great to have DJ on. I'm going to touch yep. on the second half of that question. I'm actually okay with uh, shortened races. The rules of the rules are the same all year long. I think that it's just one more curveball put in. I don't think you need to have lights. I do hate that we can't tweak it where we could have at least started the race on Sunday for the fans. Yeah. Forget the competitors. I'm concerned about the fans getting yeah. the entertainment value that they were there to see. The rule that was created for the fans where you weren't, can't start a race and knowing you can't end it, right, that needs to be looked at because in today's world, it seems like everybody has so much more going on in their yeah. lives, right? Yeah. So maybe, it, and you know, maybe there's a way to look at saying, okay, we don't have to get the whole race in. Maybe we yeah. can get half of it in. But I, I don't think you can yeah. go tell every racetrack that's in the playoffs yeah. you got to have lights. No, but I'm going to say this: the rule was implemented that you can't start until, unless you finish because fans complain because they, yeah. you'd only run half a race. So let's be honest: that a lot of the rules that we have were because the fans yeah. complained in the first place. That, that's the reason you're at. Listen, Talladega doesn't mean need lights. Sorry, in the conversation. Um, they kill the boulevard. Yeah, yeah, you did. That's true. That's <laughs> it. That's a the great point. You know, you every racetrack in the world doesn't need lights. Okay, yeah. every racetrack in the world doesn't need. It. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to, to throw Listen, that out. Listen, you don't want any yeah. more bright lights on Talladega That's Boulevard. True. That's All right, true. A little more Roval talk of the final thoughts. We return to NASCAR America. I had thought of that. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. The infield has been reconfigured into a road course, the Roval. I floated the idea by Dale Jr., uh, and he said, I'd like to watch it. I wouldn't be crazy about driving it. <laughs> Green flag in the air, we're racing at the Roval. I think they were definitely taking a big risk. When we first started testing on that track, we're like, I don't know how we're gonna race here. There's no way in hell he's gonna make it down corner. With it not really being run on before, you know, it was slick, you know, you're kinda on edge and Oh! And then the hard thing about that place too is there's no runoffs. And you either go off track or something, you're gonna hit a wall. Reckon leaders reckon stay left, stay low, get low, get low, get low. Crash. I was looking at the turn, and I'm starting to turn, and he's still going straight, and I'm like, okay, he's in trouble. <laughs> Three laps to go from the Charlotte Roval. The last restart, you know, there's a lot of speedy dry on the track, and I was trying not to make a mistake and throw it away. Doing that, I let, I let Jimmy close. Jimmy Johnson now pulls to the bumper. I figured I'm just going to try to keep my speed up. He's going to pass me. He's going to do it on the left. Now he goes to the inside. And I, I felt it coming. I knew it was happening. Johnson oh! locks the brakes up. And I didn't expect him to spin the way he did. The way he spun was just wild. They're wrecking at the line. Just keep coming here. I about wrecked trying to get through there fast enough. Oh, <laughs> that was awesome. What a show. What was accomplished at the Roval and what was accomplished is we need to keep taking risks. That's part of the DNA of NASCAR. 
There it is, the cut line, the Roval, both Xfinity and Cup. And it all starts at noon from VIR, a little GT racing for the IMSA Sports Car Championship. And then at 3 p.m., we're going to have the Xfinity Series at the Roval, which is going to be a blast to watch. And then we're going to re-rack it, come back on Sunday at 1 p.m. All of this action on NBC all weekend long. If you like road course racing, this is the weekend for road yep. course racing. So, guys, I, I mean, it's the Roval. We've seen it three years. DJ just said we have no idea. I'm going to put you on the spot. Your thoughts, what are we going to see at the Roval? What's going to be the part nobody expects? Oh, well, listen, I think that, you know, watching back and remembering when the first time we went to yeah. the Roval, and that, those first practices were crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I look, when there's so much on the line to get to move to the next round of the playoffs, the chance to win a championship, people are going to get out of character and do things they wouldn't normally do. And that creates situations that – you know, are unique to racing. And then on top of that, you add, I think this is, I think this racetrack in Darlington are the two most difficult racetracks on the circuit. Yeah. So a difficult racetrack, a lot on the line. I think that pretty much tells you, I think we'll see a lot of action. Yeah. And, and you know, Dale, you mentioned a couple of guys. You mentioned Ross Chastain. You mentioned, you know, AJ Armand. There, there's a number of people we can mention. And they put a big circle around this thing and say opportunity. Yeah, for sure. This yeah. is an opportunity for me. At the other end of that spectrum, we've got William Byron and, and guys like that. And they're saying, they put a big D around it for desperation, okay? Because they gotta make something happen. They gotta come out here and make something happen. So when you get both ends of the spectrum and the guys in the middle just trying to protect where they're at and come out of here with a car, then it, that's a recipe for a bad, for a lot of chaos. So as I see these highlights, I don't wanna be the guy that stirs the pot, but when <laughs> I, when I, I don't wanna be. I mean, it's a lot overcast. Could be a thunder shower here and there. I could tell them fans Thank came you, to Larry town. Sprinkle. We Larry get Sprinkle, a, right oh, here. Uh, we get a little old WCNC. Larry Sprinkle said there's about a 50% chance of thunder showers, a little bit of rain on Sunday. How would that make you feel, old Jeff Burton, if you're sitting in there and see rain on the windshield? Fun to watch. Fun to watch, baby. Fun, Fun to, to watch. watch. That's exactly. I'm with Jeff Burton on that one. All right, we haven't talked much Xfinity. Tip of the hat to Brandon Brown. Yep. Another first time winner. For we sure, saw that man. on Saturday. Great family team. Yep. You heard the emotion. He wanted to bring the trophy home to his mom and his dad uh, I didn't bring up uh, Xfinity Series playoffs because somebody down there has a son and yeah. a nephew who are gonna be battling for the cut yeah. line it's gonna be it's a Burton versus Burton I'm show so sorry man so sorry <laughs> so sorry I'm gonna set I'm gonna slide over here you know what yeah. <laughs> they signed up for it they asked for it so they a lot got. of pressure on that end right. of the table. Oh, a lot of pressure <laughs> listen it's a weekend full of racing it starts with a VIR some IMSA GT racing Tune in at noon on NBC. We're going to lead right into Xfinity Series and then re-rack it. Do it all again on Sunday. The Cup Series, a cut race from the Roval. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.